Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. Just a man that has a nickname, was allowed to say with no shame. Monday, May 16, 2022. Hope all is well out there. Everybody, hope everyone's staying safe. Having some technical difficulties here with the computer, but got one on backup. Fired up to be here talking some sports as all these things I kind of see going on in the world. So depressing, so sad. Almost can bring tears to your eyes. Just happy to be watching. These incredible Game 7s, not only in the NBA, but the NHL has been having an incredible playoffs. We're only 17 Sundays away from the NFL, and obviously a lot of NFL off stories and activities to get into when it comes to the sports talk. Plenty to touch on in the NBA, and my man Rich Hot Takes Letty's coming through to touch on some of the NBA playoffs here today, fired up to do so. For sure, got the PGA Championship this week as golf has been... Giving us some highlights, headlines, obviously with the Saudi Golf League, Phil Mickelson, who's been involved with some controversial issues with the PGA Tour and is defending champion of last year's PGA Championship, will not play in this year's PGA Championship, which will take place starting this Thursday. I think they're at something hills. I'm looking forward to watching some of the golf. Major golf is always something to keep your eye on. Obviously, with only four teams left in the NBA playoffs, plenty of stuff going on in baseball, but I haven't heard much from Chu. I know he's nervous about the Mets. Be interesting to see how the rest of their season goes. When I get to see him back around here on station, much love to anybody who shows any support here to the station, the podcast. Appreciate all love and support for it with all the content and everything out there. Nowadays, it means a lot if you're checking up here on what we're talking about here, sports-related, life-related daily struggles, all kinds of stuff I created here on my podcast with content and just speaking what I think and feel and opinions that everyone else has out there and is doing. So still happy to be doing it here and that I am able to do it. Appreciate all of and support for it. You can always check out the podcast. Got a live version up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore seggy underscore G. Got a live version there always got a podcast up on spotify podbean a few other platforms you can always follow along with what i'm talking about on my instagram or twitter page at seggy station appreciate all of and support for it as always right now time for straight talk brought to you by seggy straight talk microphone it's always direct time to reflect should be a good show today after how these playoffs have shaken out a lot to catch up on i've been here in about 10 days looking forward to doing it rich should be here any minute should be a good one what's good friendo what's good how you doing Pretty good, bro. You haven't seen me since I finally got my mullet dyed out. Shit. Oh, you got it dyed? Holy shit. Yeah, it's, was it blonde? Yeah, like, bro. Oh, my God. You psychopath. <laughs> I'm straight Nick Exotic. Hold on. I got to click to my 5G internet. It might boot me out of here, but I'll be back in two seconds. Oh, you got to check out my sick mullet. Oh, he's getting booted from the sick mullet. Yeah, bro, you haven't seen me since I uh, turned into Nick Exotic. Got the exotic takes, too. How about the Mavs, baby? Let's go. Love it. Richie Dingbat. Baby, let's go. Yeah, Jesus. Stones, what are you doing? Oh yeah, dude. So I'm actually good for, good for Luca. I'm actually kind of pissed though, to be completely honest. I know we'll obviously touch on it, but uh, let's hear it. Yeah, we'll touch on the mullet first though. For real, you loving that or what? 
I did not know that was in the plans. I didn't know you were dying it. Oh my. <laughs> that literally looks like you have like a clip on of someone else's hair behind you when we got your hair one color and then we'll the rest. Oh, that literally looks like you clipped someone else's hair on the back of you. That is mad fun. Yeah, bro. Rocking the blonde <laughs> mullet. Wait till you see it in live action. Yeah, man, I haven't talked to you. It's been, what, 10 days now? I haven't been on the pod since then. So much happening in sports. Game 7s in the NBA. We had a couple of those. Obviously, the second round of the NBA playoffs will be able to review a little bit. Um, you have NF- NHL Game 7s, all those all across the map. Obviously, the NFL releasing its schedule and draft already went by. We're 17 day- Sundays away from NFL football. It's crazy, man. Already halfway through May, almost June. Uh, time just keeps on zipping by. Obviously, all these other things going on in the world, which Sundays? are more important to, than sports. It's just 17, my guy. 17. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. ripping on by. Um, let's see. Where should we start? Should we start with my topic of the day, which is what I've been doing? Um, bro, I need to start with this just because of the fact that I was... I've been seeing so much of this and this ties a little bit into the NBA discussion because obviously uh, the WNBA is not technically affiliated with the NBA, but I think they should. Uh, I think the NBA should be affiliated more with the WNBA. I saw they're trying to have an expansion team. Um, One of the bigger issues with me right now is what's going on with Brittany Griner and you're seeing some of that now with the WNBA season kind of taking off and starting up right now, which I... Don't even know a lot of people are even in tune with with the fact that all these other things, including playoffs, are going on and all these other major sports and all these other sports and all these other things are going on. Um, I don't watch as much of the WNBA as I probably should. Sue Bird, like some of these WNBA players like are iconic, bro. I was seeing a couple of these things on it. Um, Brittany Griner, I saw her detainment got extended another 30 days and she's already been over there for like 85 90 days um it's kind of crazy at this point with everything else going on um i saw they've had issues with keeping some of the players i saw some of the players are copping covid because they're flying commercial with covid kind of still being a thing and definitely affecting people at this point as much as we don't want to talk about it um I just don't understand some of that. I don't understand how some of the players are saying the league's in great hands going forward and some of these issues are kind of rising up with the league. The league can't do anything about um, helping out with, and I know we kind of talked about it a little bit when I talked about it. It's more of like a, you know, the U.S. has to do something about it where the president, the pe- whatever, whatever these people that can do these type of transactions for people. Um, I've seen that they've been done since... Brittany Griner's been detained, so it's not out of the ordinary. Um, it's just kind of wild to me, man. And I, with all some of these things I saw, I saw like the Nets lost. Like, I need to find the actual stat on this too, because I was trying to figure this out. Like, how this even makes sense? Um, that the Nets announced they lost. Where's this actual stat? Because I'm trying to think. Like, if the WNBA is losing money, everybody tells me like the WNBA is losing money. Like, the WNBA doesn't make any money. Like, this is why they can't play their players. This is why their players have to go overseas to begin with. Yeah, the Nets and Barclays Center lost between 50 and and $100 million combined during the 2021-22 season. Like, if that's accurate, Rich, if NBA teams are losing money like that too, then why is it that we're only talking about it in the WNBA? 
Like if an NBA team like the Brooklyn Nets who was in the playoffs who had three stars is losing $100 million between that and $50 million in a season, is that not comparable to what the WNBA is doing? So all I'm asking is, what, like, how can how can the WNBA not be funded or slightly affiliated with the NBA when you have pro athletes on the female side where at least they could be f- flying private? Like, just some of this stuff to me is so stupid where it's acted like it's just a completely different league where it's like it's a professional basketball league as well. And it just stems some of my problems that I see everywhere where it's like, well, see, here's another example of why, like, the men's league is better than the women's league. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, well, okay, it's so just wild to me. Individual, the NBA as a whole is net positive, like, through the roof. They make a shitload of money. And individual teams can be a negative in any given year because they built a new stadium, signed a bunch of new guys, hired front office, like, whatever it is, did a bunch of renovations. Like, the Nets being negative, I don't know the exact reason. I don't know. They put up Barclays a few years ago, so I can't imagine it's for that. I don't know why they were negative, but I'd imagine it was on personal investments they made. The NBA as a whole is positive. The Nets will be positive, I'd imagine, next year and in coming years, I guess down year. The problem is the WNBA as a whole at this time is not a net positive, which, is, which isn't which is abnormal. The NBA wasn't for a while either. The NBA really struggled in between like the um, – you know, everyone is wondering what's going to happen when Larry and Magic get to the end of their careers and Michael comes around. Then Michael leaves and the NBA went in a downturn in like the ratings and revenue for a while. And now we got all these and LeBron comes. We got all these young guys, Kobe, everyone. So like the NBA is in a great spot, but it was in the spot years ago where people didn't think it was going to survive and where the WNBA is. Now, the big issue comes with in the two like the, the places where people argue on the WNBA side of things is one people being like these these women are professional athletes, they should be on at least first class or their own section of a plane, private plane, like whatever it is. And then people argue back with them with, well, the league isn't even generating revenue, so no, that they shouldn't, which is a fair argument. So the real argument here is if the NBA wants the WNBA to succeed, which they should, they're associated with each other. I don't know exactly how the revenue works, but they should. They should be funding some things for the WNBA to make it a better experience for the players to help the league grow. That's the real issue. I totally get people arguing back and being like, the NBA doesn't have, has like one one hundredth of the amount of viewers as the NBA. They don't fill up the stadiums every night. Like they don't have the revenue to do the same things for the players. And that's a fair argument. That's not wrong at all. The issue here, and I think most people would probably agree, I don't know the finances of it, but like the NBA should probably be helping them out to better their league because Growing the WNBA game only grows the game of basketball and helps the game of basketball as a whole, which is what you want is the NBA, and especially with the WNBA as like one of your partners. So I agree that they probably shouldn't have to run into a lot of these issues with catching COVID, flying commercial with people next to them and stuff like that. Um, they've seen pictures of like when they had their own uh, bubble and stuff like that. They were posting some of the meals they were getting yeah. versus the NBA players. I'm like, look, I get it, less revenue, but I think the real issue here is like the NBA – I guess probably should be a little bit more invested in the WNBA's success because it just helps the game of basketball as a whole. Yeah, and I just think more on the lines of the WNBA is relatively newer. Like, it's been around before and then failed, right? But it's relatively newer, or is it's it's not um, failed? It's just been around? Like, I'm thinking of, like, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. Like, it must have been around for a minute now because they've been playing for a while. Um, yeah, Giant Tarasi left UConn in 2004. WNBA started in 1996. And here's here's the real thing. Like, 
you can't expect to be as profitable. They have 12 and they have 12 teams. However you want to look at it, I don't mean this in a negative way. It is a slightly lesser product based on athleticism. Still extremely talented basketball players. They only have 12 teams, so they're in less than half of the market. And it hasn't been around as, for as long. So, like, I'm totally with everyone who's like, how can you expect it to be the same? You can't expect them to be traded the same. Completely agree. But we want to get it to that point where you can grow the game. And, like, even if it's not exactly what the WNBA is, you want to get it closer to that point. And I yeah, think, I think it's w, just – yeah, I get you. I, yeah, I, I'm just saying it's never going to be actually treated the same in a sense where it's not no. exactly the same. But you can treat the the players the same. Like, what? Like, I, like, I don't know. It's just – and if it if it's coming down but, to the funding and the money to me, that's like what what's going on with all this all this fine money that they're taking, like and everyone's always asking oh, about. But on, no, that's... seriously, I mean, no, like it that's... sounds kind of wild, but like, bro, if you're gonna say there's no money in the WNBA and no, everyone's always asking where the fine money goes, wouldn't it be good a uh, good ploy for the NBA to be like, bro, well, we'll give our fine money to the WNBA? Oh, oh yeah, because sure. people that are talking be people are talking about like, oh well, it's gonna be bad if they're like if the NBA is donating money to the WNBA with all these other optical things going on around. And I understand that too. Like there's all these other donate, but it's, it's to a point where like, if you're going to fund something, it's more of it as an affiliate, as a partner, like the the NBA should probably partner with the WNBA and they're not, they're not partnered. But they, okay, hold on. They they are because the WNBA didn't come to the NBA and say, yo, you mind if we throw W before your name? Like, they are associated with each other. Like, they work together. I'm sure there is a lot that the NBA does do already to help the WNBA because the WNBA is in the red right now. Like, they are not making money as much. My point is they should be doing more because the NBA is doing really well right now. Obviously, these playoffs, they've been impressive. Ratings up. Everyone's watching the NBA. Uh, WNBA is trying to get more of that involved with them launching another season with Brittany Griner still in detainment and her name all over their courts and jerseys. Like, they're trying to get more awareness to that yeah. situation and where they can't even get awareness to people to watch their sport. All I'm saying is if yeah. you could get some of these things out of the headlines, like WNBA players are testing positive because they're flying commercial, maybe it would have more people tuning into the sport where it's like, all right, this is a legitimate sport. They're not just flying with me on and on a plane when I go on vacation. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me and how the WNBA seems to be getting knocked. Um, when there's a lot of great, well, there's a lot of great players, legendary players. Sue Bird could be on her last year. Diana Taurasi, she's up there in age as well. Like, these players aren't around forever. And we talk about these legends in the NBA all the time here on the podcast. Need to bring up the women first. Um, yep. Let's touch on the game sevens last night, though, for real. Um, the reason why I had some smoke with you um, before we touch on any of the matchups going forward, conference finals wise, I wanted to kind of go back and review the second round. Obviously, we reviewed the first. Uh, we got a podcast in when the Mavs were down 2-0. You had some questions for me, kind of, as I've been hearing a bunch of trying to give me an olive branch to kind of change my pick. And I was I was worried with how I saw those first two games going for the Mavericks. Um, down 2-0, up against the Sun squad that had a franchise record 64 wins this year. And had Chris Paul dropping 33 points in closeout game up against the Pelican squad, who I was I had high hopes for. Even without Zion, um, I I honestly am shocked to see how that series turned around. Cause I was hesitant when you were talking to me about it because of how I saw the Suns not only play all year because I watched a ton of NBA, but how I saw those first two games go. And I give a ton of credit to Jason Kidd. I was high on Jason Kidd. I to Dallas Mavericks. You were not. Um, Dallas Mavericks not only had Jason Kidd step up for them 
in this in this actual uh, playoff round up against the Suns, who I thought outcoached Monty Williams, who was the coach of the year this year. Um, but also there were some other key role players who I've talked about here on the Mavericks who stepped out, including Spencer Dinwiddie last night with 30 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, and I'm not calling him a, a star or a, a He's an advanced role player. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to describe it because I see Spencer Dinwiddie as a guy who can go out and drop you thirty points. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is not Grant Williams to me, who's had twenty-seven points yesterday and it was his highest points in any game ever. Like Spencer Dinwiddie can score thirty points. So when you come in and we are talking about, oh, who, who else is going to help Luca in this series? I was not surprised to see Spencer Dinwiddie stepped up. Jalen Brunson stepped up. Some of these other guys that stepped up and won this series. After being down 2-0. What I was more surprised with was how it went for the Suns. This was way more shocking for me for the Suns. And I've talked here so much about CP3 and how much I like CP3. I think this was CP3's best chance to get a ring. And we've talked about it and we kind of always talk about it. Like, it can't be get, it's not going to be getting any better for here. West is only going to get tougher. Lakers, Clippers, some of these younger teams that are on the come up that are here to stay. Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Pelicans. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be tougher if CP3 is in the West. He's acting like he can just come back and get another franchise record and wins with the Suns and make it back right where they were when he's out here scoring nine points over the last five games with eight turnovers or four turnovers a game. Incredible. Uh, We're talking about James Harden aging in dog years. All of a sudden, Chris Paul turns 37 and it's like he's 45 out there. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. And everyone's now trying to bring up an injury thing again. I don't even want to hear that because that's always the same thing that plagues Chris Paul in the playoffs. Injuries, injuries, injuries. I didn't hear anything about an injury. He don't look injured to me. I, I don't see him limping oh, around. Okay. We'll, talk, I mean, we'll talk about that. I'm I mean, at this point, I don't see longer. I don't see the Suns having a chance if Chris Paul's going to not be getting any younger, by the way. DeAndre Ayton's up for a free agency contract, and there's a lot of smoke going on with him and Monty Williams after that game last night. Them getting absolutely blown off their home floor, down down 46 on their home floor in a game seven. And Devin Booker is the is the bigger one to me. Because I've been a fan of Devin Booker. I've talked about how he should be considered up into these MVP talks a little more, should be considered more of a superstar player. No, this dude, this dude right here, I mean, he just went from that that line of players to man, I'm not even gonna talk about Devin Booker until I see the Suns in the playoffs again. Because that right there out of Devin Booker was the biggest disgrace out of all the things that happened for the Suns. I'm serious with that. I'm a fan of Devin Booker, and that right there is going to be tough to defend. Um, I think the best player got the best of that series, and it's Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, there's some credible stats on Luka Doncic. 81 points in his first two career game sevens. Uh, that's the most ever in the NBA. He's got the most points per game in his playoff games. I think he's played 23 in the NBA. No one's ever averaged, I think it's 36-6 and six in an NBA playoffs or something like this, he's averaging 33-9-9 in his career in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, the the list goes on and on of this stuff that this dude's putting up. And, and oh, everyone's talking about his defense, too. I thought he played much better defense over those last five games. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the, the uh, lockdown defender like Drew Holiday, but Luka Doncic did what he needed to do to help his team win. And... Looking like a true MVP out there. I hope we'll talk about the MVP at some point. But really impressive what Luka Doncic did. Um, I'm not shocked at all that they were able to win this series. Because I picked them to win this series. I was shocked that they won this series after how things transpired after the first two games. And definitely how that game seven transpired for the Suns. Um, That wasn't a, oh, the Dallas Mavericks won it. 
uh, a close game, something with, that was that game was over at halftime. I shut that. I could have shut that game over at halftime. That game was over. Yep. Luka Doncic had 27 points. Phoenix Suns had 27 points. Unbelievable. First time in the last 25 postseasons that that's happened. And by the way, I just need to throw in one more stat on this Suns thing because I saw this too. It's the largest Game 7 win on the road, plus 33, since 1948. The Warriors versus the Bombers. My brother's trying to tell me that's not even the NBA. I don't even know. I didn't even know the Bombers was a team either. I saw Chris Paul was a minus 39 yesterday, which is his worst plus minus in his 1,297 career games played. And Devin Booker, by the way, who I was just giving you a lot of smoke about, was a minus 41. A minus 41. In a game seven, Booker had two points, CP3 had one point, and they're down 30 at halftime where the Phoenix Suns yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks. To the Dallas Mavericks. And Chris Paul's acting like, we'll be right here next year. I'm not retiring. I don't know about that, CP3. And I love CP3. Like, okay. what do you all mean? Right, right, I'm not right, saying right, he's right, retiring, right, hold on, hold on, hold on, but I, I think I don't think he's gonna be right back here. Uh, they could be. They're not gonna be the one seed in in the West again next year. I don't see that. I really don't. This is their best chance this year. It really was. I agree with a lot of the stuff. So I have a lot of stuff to say here. Um, first off, do you hear? Is the fan annoying? Are you hearing the fan in the background? Nope, or not at all. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess Chris Paul to start. I fully agree with you. I don't like doing, like, I've defended James Harden and stuff, even Chris Paul. I don't like doing the, like, ah, like, he was hurt, though, thing. Like, I don't. I'm not going to give it as an excuse, but I will say as someone who watches a lot of basketball and a lot of Chris Paul, it's different than someone like James Harden. Like, I get people knocking James Harden on the effort thing. Like, I could look at James Harden and be like, to be honest with you, I don't fucking know if he's hurt or he just doesn't even want to fucking be here right now with James Harden half the time. Chris Paul, from watching him my whole life, I'm pretty confident when he's in the playoffs. I know he gets hurt a lot, but when he's out there, he's given a hundred percent. He's in the game. He's yelling at people. Yeah, he was he was straight up disengaged, like from the first quarter last night. He only started taking jump shots in the fourth quarter. So, like, if you want to say, not you, just like people in general, if you want to say he wasn't like ready for the game, like that doesn't seem like Chris Paul to me. I have to imagine he was hurt, but that's also that's also not a defense to him because, as you said. 37 years old, he's been hurt every year in the past. You can't imagine it's going to get any better as you become 38 and 39 and teams around you get better. So this is really concerning for the Suns. Rich. This had to be what? The only pushback I'll have to what you're saying right now is this is a five-game. He's played terrible over the the last five games since game two. Like, it is not just a game seven he didn't show up. He has not shown up any of these, these last games. These game three to point, game so. seven, Chris Paul has been a shell of himself. So it, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe he got injured. But bro, he was dro- in game two. He had twenty eight points. He was dropping thirty three points up against the Pelicans. He's lost four great uh, straight game sevens. He's the only player to blow five two uh, zero leads in the playoffs. Like some of this stuff is creeping into. Is this I, just part of Chris I, Paul? And, and are we just making excuses with injuries? Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my next thing I was going to say is, and it all started right after game two. So I don't want to talk any more about the injury, but who Chris Paul was in the Pelican series and through game one and two in this series was a different player from who he was in three to seven. The Chris Paul I know is not a James Harden guy where he's just like, fuck it. I don't want to be like, he, he's going to bust his yeah, ass off. I agree with you on that for. completely. Yeah. So I have to believe that something happened, but that's not me giving him any of the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Going in, going into some of the Maverick stuff. 
I give Jason Kidd a tons of credit. I know there's something on the Instagram of me blasting Jason Kidd at the start of this year when the Mavs looked terrible and they still had Porzingis and everything. They were worse off to a worse start than the Knicks at the start of the year. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And they, they did not look good. The Mavs defense is honestly pretty incredible. And they're doing it like without it even – not that Dwight Powell is a great player, but like without a big out there, without Dwight Powell out there most of the time. They're playing him like, what, 10 minutes a night ever since he missed a bunch of alley-oops from Luka against the Jazz. He got a bunch of his minutes cut. They've – and I watched Reggie Bullock on the Knicks last year. He was – I talked about it on here, like a semi-important part of what they did, one of those 3 and D guys. Like if you're yep. a casual NBA fan, you'd never be like, oh, you'd be like, it doesn't fucking matter. Knicks lost Reggie Bullock. It's like, nah, there aren't – that's one of the most valuable roles in the NBA. Like, I'm going to hit these threes, and I will lock down whoever you put me on. And people don't think of him like that. Um, he gave Chris Paul hell. Chris Paul, 37 years old, smaller now, whether he's hurt or not, he's still – it's going to be tough for him to get past guys like Reggie Bullock, and he's not going to get it over them. He wasn't getting even the lobs over him a lot of the time because you've got a way bigger defender on him, and he was all over him. I, it, it was tough. They, I have to imagine that was one of the worst matchups – the Mavs, or excuse me, the Suns could have gotten because that Mavericks defense is just really impressive. And a big thing going into this offseason is going to be you touched on it. They didn't extend DeAndre Ayton, they or they didn't give him the max contract extension. He's still going to be eligible for it. We could see this go a few different ways. DeAndre Ayton could get out there and go. It, and to be clear, DeAndre Ayton might have put up the most disappointing series out of anyone. Booker put up the most disappointing game in Game Seven. Chris Paul fell apart. But, like, for going against Dwight Powell and for basically 10, 12 minutes of the game, and then the next big out there being Maxi Kleba or, like, Reggie Bullock at times, like, you should have been dominating that game. Yep. You dominated against the Bucks in the playoffs last year. You yep. played so well last year. He was one of the reasons they ended up in the finals. And that's one of the worst things that could have happened for him. And, like, we all do, like, the overreaction thing, but this is where it actually matters. When it's coming to a guy giving you your money, they're going to use what just happened in the most important game against you. And he was fighting all year for his money, played a really good year. I think a lot of us were probably in agreement, like, he's getting that max. Look, he'll get a max from someone because if the if the Suns don't offer it to him, someone else will, and he's and he's gone, so. Yeah. Or sign and trade or something. But I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. The Suns will have the ability to match whatever anyone offers him. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns lowball him and they're just like, dude, go see what you could get. Maybe we'll match it. Maybe we won't. But that was not an impressive series out of you. I think you have to bring him back. I've heard people talking about like, oh, what's Chris Paul's next move? He just signed a massive fucking contract. He's not retiring on that contract. Like we can talk about, will they be good next? Will they be as good next year? Maybe not. But Chris Paul's not going anywhere, and it's probably in your best interest not to let DeAndre Ayton go anywhere either. Like, regardless of, like, that was super unimpressive, but, like, you're going to need him if you want to continue. It's it's scary for the Suns, though, because, again, we said this every year of his career, and Chris Paul kind of defies us every single year by, like, getting a little bit better. Not, not better, but, like, staying really good for his age. But, like, we've seen it in the playoffs a few times now. Like, it's hard for him to get past people like he used to. Injuries are going to happen. It's not if they happen, it's they're going to happen. It's just a matter of, like, what can he come back for the injury after it happens? It's going to happen. So, like, it's scary for the Suns. And the last thing I'll say is, not scary. They're still going to be a good team. But scary in terms of, like like you said, this was, like, probably your chance. You were in the finals last year. This was one of your best shots. West was weak this year compared to what it is overall and what it's going to be going forward. Last thing I'll say, just kind of a funny joke I saw someone bring up on Twitter. Do you remember... It was a video that went viral of a pickup game probably like three summers ago, pre-COVID. Joakim Noah was guarding um, 
Devin Booker in a pickup game and like gym runs and Devin Booker like went off on Joakim Noah. He's like, bro, this is pickup ball. Like, you don't got to fucking throw double teams. He kept screaming at Joakim Noah. And Joakim Noah is like clapping his face. This is when Joakim Noah's out of the league. He's like, yeah, <laughs> just doing Joakim Noah shit. I just saw jokes last night. Like, damn, bet Devin Booker wish he'd practice the double team now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I. It's tough for me to put a lot of his blame on CP3, even though he had such horrible games. I didn't horrible even get games. into Luka and stuff, but go ahead. Um, yeah, no. To me, to me, it's just – it's. It's tough because a lot of people here are going to talk about the collapse of the Suns and what happened to the Suns. But to me, that's taking away from what the Mavericks have done and what Luka has done. Luka is an all-time... Luka, you are watching one of the all-time playoff performers already. And you're watching all-timer right now. I know he's young, so it seems like I... Per- he ain't going anywhere. It's he, Luka Doncic, it, you're watching. And he, we've seen this already in playoffs. Even though he hasn't won many playoff series, he hasn't got much help. This series was the most help he's ever gotten in a playoffs series. And I'm telling you, Rich, he the when I watch him play, it's just I know a lot of people don't like the way he uh, you know, is trash talking and smiling up the court. I love it cuz he just backs it up. But I think it's I I think it's interesting how he attacks the league the way he does, which it is just so it is so unique. The way he gets he's just you can't guard the man, and he's also can get his teammates open. He makes his teammates better. He can also finish in the lane. He can do all the cra- – it's unbelievable. He's, it's he's it's absolutely got, unbelievable. He's literally got, like, <coughs> the LeBron playmaking with, like, basically, like, Carmelo Anthony's, like, body kind of thing. Like, he's not moving around quick like that, but he can just body whoever up and get off these tough shots. But he also has, like, the playmaking. So he's, like – a lot of people have been describing him like LeBron without the 44-inch vertical, and it's kind of like, yeah, for where they are earlier in their careers. And funny enough, LeBron, year four, 2007, went to the finals with a team that didn't have much business being in the finals outside of himself. You could probably make the argument this Mavs team's a little better because of how good they are on defense and having Jalen Brunson, but sim- could be a similar trajectory for them. And, like, yeah, man, Luka, Luka was just so impressed. I, I don't know what you do to stop him. Like, Mikel Bridges – I know Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. Mikel Bridges, to me, is the best perimeter defender. And he was making him look like, like a chump change off the bench role player. And I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to And we'll get into this a little going forward, I'm sure. But just as like a teaser, like, I don't know what you're going to do is the Warriors. I'm not saying the Mavs are a lot. Oh, 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 the Mavs are going to win this series. The Mavs are going to win I'm, this series. I'm going, I'm going to be picking them to win. But, like, defensive defense-wise, I can – say I feel more comfortable and maybe this sounds silly to like people who don't watch the Warriors a good amount. I'd feel more comfortable picking the Warriors if they had Gary Payton because they would have stuck Gary Payton on. Not that he would have stopped him, but he's a more than capable defender, not better than Mikel Bridges, but he would have been their main guy to throw at him 30 minutes a game yeah. and tire him the fuck out and not lose a whole bunch on offense by having him out there and not worry too much if he's tired. I don't know if they're going to like, do you throw Draymond on him and then you're just leaving the rim wide open? Do you throw Wiggins on him? Like, that's probably your next best option, but it's not a great option. So, like, I, it, it's going to it's gonna be tough for them. I I'm telling you, Luka's going to do it, man. And what's I even more so. impressive about this run from Luka is it mirrors some of these runs that we've seen from these all-time greats that no one's really going to talk about until he actually makes it to a finals or maybe wins a finals. He's on the trajectory right now. All he's got to do is get this past is the Golden State Warriors, which I mind you, by the way, the Golden State Warriors – 
would have not got past the Memphis Grizzlies if John Moran didn't get hurt. I don't want to talk about it. I honestly don't want to talk about it. You're down 55 points in a playoff game, and everyone's still thinking you're going to win the championship. I'll tell you right now, even if they beat the Mavericks, which I don't think is going to happen, they ain't beating the Celtics or the Heat, and you can take that to the bank. I did want to touch on the Bucks and the Celtics, though. I wanted to flip quick, over to you. Go, go there, Real quick before we go there, just to like agree what you said, like I picked the Nuggets to beat the Warriors in the first round. Stupid pick, awful pick. But the reasoning was I just didn't have that much faith in the Warriors, and it was a bad pick because the Nuggets didn't have the defense to stop them. Jordan Poole went nuts. Clay was going nuts. Steph's going nuts. <clears throat> and then the second they've gone against teams – or a team in the Grizzlies, even in the games without John Morant, that has like a capable team defense, like can play a better style of basketball than the Nuggets can play with their current personnel. We haven't seen Steph do any Steph Curry stuff no. since he was like, since he had like Austin Rivers guarding him for a few games in the series before. And like, it's not going to get easier for you. Like, the Mavericks are going to put Reggie Bullock DFS yep. on some of their guards and make it really, really tough. Shooting like, like 30%, bro, in that series. Like, the, yeah. Let me let me just tell you, I would not be see, be surprised if the Mavs take care of the Warriors in five. The the Mavericks beat the Warriors three out of four times in a regular season. Luka Doncic is on a roll right now and on a mission. And I think all these young role players, old, veteran players, whatever you want to call them, got to infuse a confidence after that series just went with the Phoenix Suns. And I think a lot of these role players, other players that the Warriors are going to rely on, aren't going to be able to show up in this series up against the Mavs. And also, last last thing on this one. It's going to be interesting. I kind of touched on it there, but, like, what they do with Draymond. Because in the last series, the War, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets can't go small ball. If they go small ball, they take Jokic out, and then they're going to lose by 95 points. The Grizzlies went a little more small ball, but they still, a lot of the times, in the closing end of the series, had Adams out there, <clears throat> Brandon Clark, um, where the fuck I'm blanking on his name, Tillman. They still had a lot of bigs out there a lot of the time. We just saw it. The the, the Mavs aren't going to play Dwight Powell more than tops 14 minutes. That's leaving 30 minutes a game open for them to basically run Maxi Kleba at the five. And not that Maxi Kleba is some like, unstoppable offensive force, but you now need to make the decision of the Warriors. Like, okay, our one like interior guy in Draymond are we sticking him out there on Maxi and having him collapse in and leaving Maxi open for threes? Are we putting him on Luca and then just leaving Maxi open? It's, I think it's going to be really tough for them. I think it's a bad matchup for the Warriors. The one thing I will really say that matchup. absolutely shocked me in that Kevin Looney, what was it, game six? Just I don't even know how many offensive rebounds are. He had to get twenty rebounds in the game. They they out rebounded the Warriors. Did the Grizzlies, who were the number one rebounding team, five out of those six games? I'm pretty sure that game six, Kevin Looney had twenty rebounds. Who he was in because Stephen Adams cooked him in game five. Obviously, a yep. good adjustment by Mike Brown, who had been coaching for Steve Kerr, who's in protocols. Mike Brown gets hired by the Kings and loses a playoff game by 55 points. Like, all right, I guess the Kings wanted to wait another week. I don't know. The, I don't know what the fuck the Kings are doing. You you had more of a rant on the Kings than, than I did last time. But he's just. Sucked. I just don't I mean, like, know Mike why. Brown's I don't fine, know what the like, hell is going on with that. Like a weird, um, seems like a weird hire, but whatever. But even in that, it was the first game that Luka Doncic played against, up against the Suns. He had 45 and 10. They lost. Um. But it's the youngest player with 45 and 10 since Kobe in 2001. Like, even in losses, bro, this dude. Because he was losing series and everyone's like, oh, man, like, Luka don't got it. It's like, bro, this dude's putting up 45. Like, yeah. like, uh, can he get any help? Like, dude, I'm telling you, if they can just give him a little help, Brunson can score 20. Spencer Dinwiddie can score me 20. Kleba hits a couple threes. Finney Smith hits a three. Reggie Bullock, three and D. Dude, I'm telling you, bro, 
the Mavericks have the piece since they got rid of Kristaps Porzingis to run it through Luka to Luka be the guy. And Luka's going to show you right now that he's taken out not only the best team in the West, but everybody's super contender in the West with this Warriors team blast from the past. And I'll tell you right now, they ain't going to win too many games. They might get one game against the Mavs. Okay, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't. I think the Mavs are going to win. I don't know what I'll pick them in yet. I'll say, well, I guess we got to pick something today. I'll probably say, who's the, the Warriors are the higher seed. So game seven will be in Oakland. Um, I'll probably say Mavs in six, I guess. Um, could be seven. Um, just to give a little bit of the other side, I do think the Mavs are going to win. But Dinwiddie didn't show up that whole series for the most part until game seven. And he and let's face it, the Suns were looking checked out by the second quarter. So it's, again, not a knock on Dinwiddie, but you're going to need actual Spencer Dinwiddie, not what he was doing for the most part of that series. In like game five or game four, he started to like lose his spot in the rotation for a little bit. He was playing like 12 minutes in one of those games or something really small. But like he played great in that last game. I'm not like I don't think the Warriors Warriors have good team defense, but it slipped a little bit in the postseason compared to what it was in the regular season without Gary Payton there, without. Iguodala there. I'm not sure Porter's status. He was out the last game. They're going to need him out of Porter. They're going to need him back too. But they are, I will say, the Warriors have on paper more offensive options. And if Steph Curry's playing like who we know Steph Curry as, they can easily win this series. If Steph Curry is who we just saw in that Grizzlies series, then I'll take the Mavs winning this every day of the week because Luka will be the best player on the court every single night. You know, this is the shit that bothers me with the whole Steph Curry thing because the whole Warriors thing is a a mesh. Like, has I told I asked you this before, has Steph Curry ever been a guy that is going to put on a series like Luka Doncic just did? Has Steph Curry ever, has, has Steph Curry ever had a playoff series where he's out here Looking like the best player on the entire floor, his team and the yes, other team. Yes, 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 yes. yes. dude. Yes. How many? How many? Has he ever had a playoff series? Well, look, okay, hold on. We can get lost in a million things here. I think Luka Doncic, when all is said and done, will probably be looked at as like the more impressive individual player, and that's saying a lot because we're talking about the greatest shooter of all time, unanimous MVP, and Steph Curry. Like that's saying a lot. But I'm hesitant to say too much about Steph Curry. Cause it's like, it's like talking down on Tim Duncan. Cause it's like, or like a Tom Brady thing where it's like, I, I'm not going to leave that out of it with you here, but like a Tim Duncan thing where it's like, look, they, I'm not going to knock them because their whole career was played in some incredible system where they didn't have to be LeBron or Luca and be like, yo, can you save us? And it was more like, no, this whole thing's going to work because of like the sum of our parts, I'm going to be the best one of those parts most nights, but it's going to work because of all of us. So like, look, he hasn't had to do what Luca's had to do in a perfect world. Luke, if Luke had a team like Steph Curry, like, yeah, Luca would make, I don't want to say more success because the Warriors are maybe had the best run ever, but like, you get what I'm saying. Like he just, it, it's kind of like apples to oranges, different scenarios. Yeah. I think Luca's the clear, better player right now. If that's what we're talking about. Like, I don't think that's even an argument right now to say like, yeah. And I think the clear, better right player now, is going to win the series. That's how most of these series have kind of come out. Uh, even we'll not, touch on this. The next one we'll even touch on this next one, but uh, I'm kind of chuckling that you brought up Tom Brady's name after his 10-year, $375 million contract to be a Fox Sports lead analyst once he gets retired. So I have to listen to him calling oh, football games for the next 10, 15 years I of my life. I hate him, but he's a, he's a fucking Fuck that, bro. Dude, especially now oh, I, you know I hate him. That's... Oh, this is the guy that wants to spend more time with his family? Now, all of a sudden, he's already got a gig when he retires? This dude's a fucking load of shit, bro. This is the dude 40, 40 days after he 
Nah, dude, I don't fucking, no. you know what? You know, retiring from the NFL and doing one game a week on Sundays is spending a shitload time more with your family. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. I spend every waking yeah. moment with my family. <laughs> yeah, fuck Tom that's, Brady, that's bro. ridiculous. Dude's a piece of garbage. No one, um, no matter how much you love your family, no one's ever been like, oh, yeah, I don't want to get away like one day a week and do something else. Like, nah, seven days a week, I'm locked in with my family. Like, <laughs> I'll go away one Sunday a week, do a game, take a private jet back yep. home and be home. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Look, I mean. What, so also- you're not willing to say, what, so you're not willing yeah. to say that Jason Tatum is better than Giannis now? The hyperbole overreaction on the Monday? That's, that's, that, if anyone's saying that, get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. You do not become the best player just because you won the series. Giannis is maybe the best all-around defender. I'd say he is the best all-around defender in the NBA. I said Mikel Bridges is the best perimeter defender. If I, if you were just saying, like, all-in-all best defensive player in the NBA, it's Giannis. Yeah. He can do everything and is a freak of nature. And he's one of the best offensive players in the NBA. Jason Tatum's getting there, but like, look, I think most people would say if Chris Middleton's healthy, the Bucks win this series. I don't want to play the if game, but I'm not going to put Jason Tatum ahead of Giannis just because they beat them in seven when they were missing their second best player, second or third best players in the Bucks. Yeah, cool. I think it's I think just funny now the the type of hype that Jason Tatum gets. And let me just give Jason Tatum credit for that game six because that's where I think the series came down to. Yeah. I know the game seven yesterday was kind of a stinker for not only Giannis, who only had like 23 points, but for the entire Bucks squad, who got outshot mm-hmm. by 50, 50-something points from the three-point line. Uh or maybe that was the Suns up again. Somebody got absolutely smoked from the three-point. No, it was the Bucks. The Bucks literally, the Celtics made 22 three-pointers yesterday, and the Bucks made four. Um, they, they got shot. outscored by 54 points, I think it was, from the three-point line. And you're just giving, you're just giving Grant Williams 18 three-pointers he got. That's how many, he took 18 three-pointers, Grant Williams, made seven of them, and had 27 points. This is the you thing know, I hate about the Celtics. Hold the on Celtics a second. Though. Let me get this in here. Because this is why I'm so fucking hot. Because Giannis, who's out here dropping 44-20 games, can't get anybody to step up any point because Jason Tatum's dropping 46. And I'm like, well, watch. Jason Tatum ain't going to show up in Game 7. He didn't because he's making dumbass fouls. And he's got four fouls and it's pretty much fouled out the entire third quarter. Jason Tatum wasn't the reason why the Celtics won that game. He had 23 points. The, the Celtics won that game because uh, Grant Williams had an abnormal game from three. Giannis Damn. has an off game, and the other guys contribute enough where that's all you're looking for. The same thing I'm talking with Luka. The Celtics actually won oh, one oh, of these. Oh, oh, one the one Celtics second. actually won one of these playoff games on an Al Horford 30-point game. That's, that's how the Celtics won one of their playoff games up against the Bucs. Giannis is out here. Going for two only player two hundred points, hundred rebounds, and fifty assists in a series. Never mind steals and blocks. I will say this: he had twenty one offensive fouls. Did Giannis in twelve? I think it was twelve or thirteen uh, games in these playoffs. The Shaq set the record. I don't know, or it was Dwight Howard set the record. I heard back in I don't know the exact year. Twenty one, the same as Giannis in twenty three games. The dude had nine in this series. Like, something's got to give where I saw he was making a little bit more 
of an effort to shoot, and he did make some big-time shots in this series, and I did think he improved from the free-throw line, obviously from last postseason, even though they won the whole finals. It's one of those things where I'm just shocked out of the whole system because Chris Middleton couldn't try and give it a go, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not even saying the man wasn't injured. I'm, as my knee's hurting today, I'm like, Jesus, these guys that get back on the floor, Clay Thompson, all these guys with all these catastrophic injuries, Victor Oladipo, it's incredible to me. But it's like one of those things where Giannis, ha- I see Giannis sitting down. I just can't believe I'm like thinking, damn, this dude's out right now. And I, the Celtics are an incredible team. They really are. They, as much as uh, you were saying about Jason Kidd uh, smoking him in the beginning of the season, I was smoking Ime Adoka in the beginning of the season because the Celtics, they were yeah. bottom of the East. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here with the Celtics? And then all of a sudden, both teams since January 1st flipped it around, not only instilling in their coaches a little bit more, um, bringing up that culture, but literally flipping their seasons around to now be one of the four, both of them being the one of only the four left. Um, so I give the Celtics a lot of credit, but if anybody could have showed up in that game seven for the Bucks, if anybody could have showed up in that game six for the Bucks when he Giannis is the first player since Shaq dropped, yeah, Shaq dropping 44 and 20 in playoff games. Like, it's just kind of it's just kind of shitty at this point because I think Giannis is clearing above better than any of those players on the Celtics. And for them to get beat in more of a team fashion with a super 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 duper star performance in game six from Jason Tatum, you gotta give them a lot of credit. Um Yeah. So But I but let me just say this as I know we're gonna touch on the Sixers after this. I don't, I don't have the Celtics beating the Heat either. I, I could see the Heat taking care of the Celtics in five. <laughs> I could see both of these series going you're five. Wrong. Wrong. And I know it's, I, I know you're like, oh, you're wrong. Like, oh, these series, one, they no go way. longer. That's what the NBA wants. Five. Yeah, five. dude. If I were to rank who the best players have been top three in these playoffs. Hold on, hold on. Do you think the Bucks are better than the Heat? I think the Bucks would have beat the Heat. And you think the Celtics? That and I think the Bucks without Robert Williams and a lot of it with Robert Williams back. I think the Bucks would have beat the Heat, but I think it would have been a better series. I think it would have been a better series. And I think Chris Middleton, obviously being a part of that, would help because you're expecting him to come back. You're right. You're I right. think Chris Middleton in this Celtics series, the the Bucks would have won this series in five. I want. I'll, so all I'm okay, trying to want, say, all I'm trying to say is, I got more faith in the Heat than I do the Celtics. I've been on the Heat all year, and you've been down on the Heat. And I've been on the Mavs all year, and obviously on the Grizzlies all year. I got two left in the stands. I know you've been high on the Suns, the Bucks, both of them now out. So we got all these new teams oh, in here Celtics, getting Celtics, knocked out in the same day. Went down, when Middleton went down, Celtics became my pick to get out of the East, to be fair. Bucks were the pick all year, but like, look, that just changes when your, your best ISO score goes out. It, that just is what it is. He's not the best player, but Middleton's the best ISO scorer. So the Bucks or the Celtics have been my pick since that happened. Let me just make Suns this. Let me just say this pick. last thing before oh. you respond to anything I say. If I were to rank how who I think are the top three players have been in these playoffs so far, I would go Giannis. I would go Luca. I would go Jimmy Butler. Those that would what I'd rank right there. Those are my top three as I've seen. I've watched all these playoff games. Giannis, Luca, Jimmy Butler, and I got faith in a lot of those players on the Heat. A lot of those players on the Heat. Kyle Lowry didn't even play in that Sixers series, and you're and you're taking out the the Sixers I, in six. I think that's a concern. I don't. Okay, but okay, I I agree with you. I think you can make the argument that maybe John Morant, but he had missed a few games. But yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's probably probably that number three there. Um, 
I had things and now I'm trying to remember what you said. Buck Celtics. Um, so one of the things that was really impressive to me, and, and I'm with you, Jason Tatum had some less than impressive games. And I'm trying to like walk the fine line of like, we do this, not us, but everyone, every basketball fan does this thing of like, when a guy's young, we're so happy to like see him do well. And like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then we hit this point where we feel like they become like a star or a superstar. And we're immediately like, shift from like this is awesome to like not fucking good enough yeah <laughs> i feel that's like um, what happened to jason tatum like within the last like few weeks or months basically it's always been like wow this is awesome and it recently went to like not fucking good enough dude so no no, no and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think that's like once you play your oh, hold on i got a few things once you play yourself into that level that's rightfully so where you are if you're gonna say i'm a superstar in the league you need to win games and get your team there where i'm hesitant to give him too much blame is what turned the Celtics season around was not Jason Tatum. He played better, but it was not just that. It was mainly them having the top defense in the league the second half of the year and the role players all picking it up, playing a lot better. Robert Williams picking it up, playing a lot better. Grant Williams becoming a part of the team. So what what was a good sign to me about their games is the Celtics were playing to what they were given. The Bucks' whole strategy, and they changed it, coaches adjust through the playoffs, the Bucks' whole strategy every regular season, and they played the Celtics this way the first three games, is give role players who we don't totally trust open threes. And they basically looked at Al Horford and said, go for it, dude. He fucking burned up. So they adjusted three games in. It's like I wasn't giving Jason Tatum too much blame, but the, that I think it was a game. He had the great game six. The game five and the game seven performance, you're looking at him like, if you're this guy, we do need more from you. Now, you got lucky in those games. Like, Jalen Brown came up pretty big. Al Horford did okay. They got it was good that they got Rob Williams back for a few minutes there. But like, just to your first point, I'm not going to knock the Celtics or Jason Tatum too much because again, in some of the games they won, they held the Bucks to what is it? They had held the Bucks to 86 points in a game, 95 points in a game, and 81. Yeah, points let me just say, game. let me just say that's, something that's on incredible. this this three point thing that you said. Yes, and the defense of the Celtics obviously is incredible. I'm not knocking the defense. Yeah, absolutely. But you're you're relying on Giannis and, and Drew Holiday to be your next guy. And I love Drew Holiday. And he had a lot, he had 20 points in every game this series. I've been on a bunch of them. He's putting. I mean, Drew Holiday scored 20 points. You can't ask much more than that. You need some of these other guys to step up and score some points. I'm they gonna, couldn't. I'm Let me gonna. just say that. I, I was talk, talking to my dad yesterday, got to see some of my dad yesterday. He is right in this aspect where I feel like some of these playoff games turn into a three-point contest. They legitimately turn into a three-point contest. Because if the Celtics don't make those threes like they did yesterday, that game's a hell of a lot closer, isn't it? If the Bucks make more than four threes yesterday, hell of a lot closer game, isn't it? It goes. I go look at all these games that we go look at this Warriors-Mavs series now. It is going to be a three-point contest. If the Mavs role players, Luka, are making threes to keep up with these Warriors guys that are flaming threes, they're going to have a chance in this series, right? Or they're going to have a chance to win this series, right? Like, it is a three-point contest in some of these games where it comes down to if you can make your threes, you're going to win. If you can miss your threes, you're going to lose. And the Celtics just made some more threes. Grant Williams... Well, he's got Al Horford made th- more threes in games than they've ever made in their life. Yeah, the Bucks were allowing them to do that, so maybe you can blame the Bucks on that. But all I'm trying to say is, it's one of those things where, you, you, what else are you going to do? You're going to have J- Jason Tatum going for 50 every night. They're trying to double. They're trying to double. They're leaving. That's part of the strategy. Like it's it is what it is. It is what it is. But what I'm what I'm more at is like, it comes down to a point where. The Celtics, the Celtics to me, literally won two games on Al Horford and Grant Grant Williams. Like I, I can't stress that enough. Like 
That to that's, me, like you don't expect that to happen on like on a like Gian, none of these games that Giannis is gonna win was gonna be for a guy coming out dropping thirty points from any of their other role players. Like, right? Like Grayson Allen, he dropping thirty points. Like they're gonna win the game, right? Wow. They're probably gonna win the game if he drops thirty points. Like, my point is, Jason Tatum, all he's got to do is, is just show up to the floor. Like he's he's walking to. I thought Jason Tatum would have a better game seven. He 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 was in foul trouble. He had some other he had some other games this series in which I thought he would have performed a little bit better. And it's part of my knock at how I feel like they're going to perform this upcoming series against the Heat. You just, I mean, my issue is like I was never saying like I don't really disagree with anything you just said, Jason Tatum. I'm not calling him like the best player, or top three player in the league. I agree with everything you said, which is why I'm feeling good about the Celtics. It's like the other team kind of took Jason Tatum, their best player, their clear best player out of it in like two, not out of it completely, but for a large part of the game out of it in two games. And then when you do devote that much effort to someone like Jason Tatum, you're giving it up somewhere else. So it's not like Grant Williams or Al Hortford got lucky and were like hitting shot after shot with hands in their face. The other team was devoting so much energy to Tatum that they were giving it up to those guys. And that's a good sign if you're the Celtics. I think any team over time that wins an NBA championship, not saying the Celtics are necessarily going to, um, they are my pick right now to win the championship for who's left. But um, any team that wins an NBA championship, you're going to have one to two games in a series where it's like the X player game. And it's not your LeBron. It's not your Luka. It's like, Oh, that was the Jalen Brunson game. Like that was the Dinwiddie game. Like that was the Kleba game. Like you, you need those games. And the Celtics need that from like Hortford. Like I will say Grant Williams was a little unsuspecting, but he was the highest three-point percentage shooter on the, on their team during the season. He's getting a lot more minutes in the playoffs since he's a good defender. And I mean, yeah, that's not going to happen again. But if you can get fifteen, let me just say that I don't think the Heat are going to leave those guys open for three. And I think the Heat are able to defend Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown a little bit better without leaving guys wide open for three-point shots. So I don't expect I these guys to be making three-point shots at this clip. And all I'm saying is the Heat got a bunch more guys that can score the basket than the Bucks do. So. Oh, Don't see, be surprised see, okay, that this this is gonna be this is gonna be a heat oh, shellac right. in here. So, oh no, I'm gonna take uh, the Bucks or excuse me, the Celtics in six in this one. So game six will be in Boston. I'll take uh, the Heat in six. Heat, you're going Heat in six. Yeah. All right. So and I, I got Mavs in Celtics in six. And you have Mavs in five. I got I Mavs, Mavs in five, in Heat in six. Yeah. All right. I got Mavs in six, Celtics in six. Um, my only thing here, and look, you're right. I think uh, in the postseason. You could make the argument. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just from like watching the games, like the, the Heat have been the most impressive defense in the postseason. It's close. The Celtics have been really good. The Mavs have been really good. It's all the teams that are left remaining. Basically, have been the incredible defenses. Yep. Um, I what it comes down to for me, Tyler Hero. We know he can get his shot off. He hasn't been incredible in the postseason. They've had some good Max Struess, Gabe Vincent games. Kyle Lowry. It's a good thing they were able to shut him down because he had no business being on the court the way he looked. Like, Kyle Riley's a great basketball player. He was hobbled as fuck. He yep. shouldn't have even been on the court in the yeah. games they put him out there. And that's what's scaring me. I don't know if Kyle Lowry's going to be available for this series. If Kyle Lowry is himself and available for series this series, that might change my thoughts. I'm just going to assume he's not because I haven't seen him be himself in like a month now. And he was just sitting that whole last series. And then my next thought is, if I – if I have to put my faith, and I know Jason Tatum, oh, here we go, here we go, a few games. If I have to put my faith in the 
Celtics guys in the last five minutes to get me a bucket or the Heat guys in the last five minutes to get me a bucket, especially when you don't have your floor general and Lowry out there at full strength, I'm probably going to go with the Celtics guys. And the reason I'm breaking it down to that is, like, I think their defenses are pretty even. Like, on any given night, either defense can win off. But, like, I, I don't think you're winning an argument right now by saying, oh, X team has had the clear better defense in the postseason than the other. Like, they've both been probably the two most impressive defense with the Mavs, as I said. So, like, a lot of it to me is coming down to, like, all right, who do I have faith in at the offensive end when it comes down to the end of the game? Because I think these are going to be low-scoring games. I'm not anticipating, we'll always get one blowout at least, but I'm not anticipating many blowouts in this series. I'd expect more blowouts either way in the Mavs Warriors series. These are going to be low scoring games in this Heat, uh, this Heat versus Celtics series. So I don't think any team's getting blown out. So I think a lot of it at the end of the game comes down to like which team could get the better shot off. And Jimmy's been incredible. I don't mean this is a knock on him. Yeah, you're always knocking Jimmy. Everyone's always knocking Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy Butler. I would just rather have a guy who doesn't shoot like 10% from the three point line with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. You know, I always used to say I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than James Harden. How's that looking right about now? I do just want to say, uh, I do I just want to say. Right now, time's changed, bud. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, yeah. You you're a classic where you wrong. get new information and times change. Even back when we had the old information, I had Jimmy Butler above James Harden. And you were okay, always giving me slack on it. Then, <laughs> yeah, oh, because I was wrong then, yeah. Let me just say, we got to touch on that series for a second, because first of all, you bring up Gabe Vincent and, and Max Struess. They just outplayed James Harden. They just outplayed James Harden. Just I need agree. to throw that on the record. Also, I got, I got like five to seven minutes just to be clear. And I got Perfect. Me. Just enough time for me to say a few things here because I knew you were going to want to dip right in and I got into this. <laughs> Your boy James Harden, 9 of 13 in elimination games. They, they traded for James Harden, Ben Simmons, who wouldn't shoot or was scared to shoot or couldn't shoot, whatever you want to call it, in the playoffs. James Harden was scared to shoot, wouldn't shoot, or couldn't shoot in these playoffs up against the Heat. That's it. That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. I could not fucking believe that. Like, at least James Harden to me is a guy that I've always watched that he'll shoot 30 times and maybe only make two. And they'll lose the game by 30, but damn, he went out shooting and trying. Never once happened. This motherfucker wouldn't even take shots. With You got Joel Embiid out there playing with a broken face, a messed up hand, can't even, can't even be the 50% of himself. The only reason they're even in this series, by the way, and it wasn't 4-0. And James Harden, he had one, he had one game. He had one second half where everyone was like, whoa, can James Harden do it here in this game six? And he went in the second half. He did, he took two shots, went 0-2. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I just... The only thing I need here is the same energy. Because I just keep... Everyone just keeps comparing the two. And you know I'm not giving this up. And it's the same thing. Now I'm feeling CP3 sipping in the same conversation. All three of these guys, no rings. These legacy things that everyone well, talks about. Oh, legacy is moving. Up. I'm not talking about Westbrook. I'm not responding to anything about Westbrook. I know I'm you're not. All I'm trying to say is where's James Harden? Where's James Harden at now? Where's James Harden go from here? What is what is James? Harden, how is James Harden's legacy question. not any, any different than Russell Westbrook's right this second? How how is it not? How is CP3 oh. not slipping into this same category? Can't get it done in the playoffs. Not. 
Uh, blowing leads all the time. Winning players. It's. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's. I think. It's, it's so tough. It's just. I think sometimes as fans, we want to group things together, and I get the similarities between those guys. I just think some context matters. I think anyone that's watched a lot of basketball games, like we both have, you have to. It, it's that's fine. Because, that's fine. Hold on, hold on. I didn't say anything yet. You don't even know what I'm saying. James Harden and, and uh, Russell Westbrook are both MVPs. So the best years of their career, you can say were better than the best like individual year or two of Chris Paul's career. However, also someone like you and I that's watched a lot of basketball can also say like, I kind of feel like Chris Paul's in a different tier from those two because when I watch Chris Paul play basketball, let's try and put the last five games, whatever the fuck happened out of our mind. But like when I watch Chris Paul play basketball, he's making the right plays. He's helping his team win every time where it comes in, where I get, where I do get the similarities between Russ and Harden is like you question sometimes like with, with Harden, it's like, bro, do you even want to win? And with Russ, it's more like, Bro, do you understand what the team needs from you to win right now? It's two slightly different things, but it ends you in the same place. Of course, like, yes. Oh it's, it's all the same stuff. And all I'm trying to say here, you can't let, let Chris Paul off the hook here, who's blown f- now the record fifth 2-0 series lead, right? He's He's been on these teams that have been in position to make these runs, and in, whatever you want to call it, hasn't got it done. It's the same thing with James Harden. And people are like, oh, we shocked to see James Harden show up like this and not show up, bro. He's done. This has been James Harden mo even when he was in his prime. He had chances to win playoff series and did not get it done. So no, I of course I expected this, and I didn't expect it to look like that. I mean, shit. I knew he was going kind of down a little bit. All these guys are. They're all old. I didn't think he was going down like that, bro. James Harden. James Harden literally went from you and me talking about him as a top 10 player in this league and debating. I always had him kind of right on the edge, right? Had him outside, and we'd always kind of debate on it. To Five to three. I, where, where, where are we at with this dude now? Where I wouldn't even know what to say. It's to just I, it's like, incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible to me because – the, all this stuff that I hear about Russ, that's, it's just it's incredible to me, dog, because everyone shits on Russ. People let these dudes off with a pass all the time. And James Harden well, out think, here, I, like I, James I Harden. Think you're seeing that from your own lens. James Harden's getting, like, shit on every single day. Like, I don't think he's getting let off with a pass. Dude, rightfully so getting shit on. But Rightfully so rightfully in a sense so. where, I don't know, man. I think James Harden, st- people still believe in James Harden is my point. People still think James Harden is a guy, including you, including many of people when this trade went through, that he could be a part of the a uh, playoff hey, run and a championship hey, for the Sixers. Look, look I never right saw now. that. If we are if we are going to do this together, don't just make up fault like I have said for the last year and a half that like if he is who he is his first year on the Nets pre hamstring injury the Sixers team's really good. We never saw that guy. Rich, I have never come here. And Rich, been like, the only I reason come? I get so hot about this is because every time we talk about this, you continually go back to like 2017, 2018. Bro, his own because teammate, Joel Embiid's like, that dude ain't around and ain't coming back. So let's stop acting like James Harden is ever going to be that again. Yeah, My I, only point is when he I, was that, stop, stop, he, didn't stop, get, stop, he didn't win. He didn't win. I have said I have said the same things to you. Like I agree. 
I thought he was a great player then, like one of the top three, five players in the league consistently. Ever since the hamstring injury on the Nets, I don't think he's someone that can lead your team to anything. If I like, I have been pretty consistent about this the entire time he's been on the Sixers. I never was one. Of, I heard a lot of people saying the Sixers are the favorites in the East. I never once fucking said that. I had the Bucks as the favorites in the East. I had the Celtics behind them. At no point was I like, oh, this James Harden move. Like, I understand he is not who he was before. I watch basketball every single day. I can tell very clearly who James Harden was at the end of the Rockets' career is different from who he was at the start of the Nets' career, and it's extremely different from who he is right now. That's not the same guy. I'm I'm with you. As terms of where he, like, ranks, I have no fucking – literally not a clue. You could tell me that if you were doing a – you know, trying to win this year and drafting guys from scratch, like, he's, you know, in the first round at the end of it in the 30s, and I'd be like, not for me. You could tell me he's, like, the 50th best – like, I don't fucking – like, I have no idea how to rate someone – that was an MVP caliber player two years ago. And we don't know of anything like absurd that happens. And now he just like is taking like three shots a game. And we, and we're all just sitting here like age doesn't give a shit injuries. I don't fucking know. Like I wouldn't want him on my team right now. I would have wanted him on my team a few years ago. If the Knicks traded for James Harden tomorrow, I would be living. Like I would not want that at all. Bro. I'm with you on who he is right now. My point is, that you've always missed and now is surfacing to light is that James Harden has never ever wanted it even when he was in his prime and that's my point is he's had the opportunity when he was in that's his a, prime that's an immeasurable to, statement he never wanted it and went to three conference finals but he never wanted like what but he, that's he the thing up, he, he came up short that, in the biggest moments i will give you that he's he he's come up short every single time and so people are knocking the fact that whatever he's looking like now, bro, if he had just gotten it done one of those times, it, not even win a finals, just make it. I think people's perception on this man would be a little bit different, including mine. Absolutely. Including mine. Be. You bring up the same thing every time he made it to the conference final. That's fine. He never got it done, bro. He never he never got his team right, right, a chance to we, win we an agree. NBA final. We agree. We're not even arguing anything here. Like we, I agree with you. We just come to different conclusions on the same information. Where you, where I'm just saying, like, yeah, he was a great player then, and he's not that anymore. Yes, and, but he's not. A, I've always said that James Harden is not a championship level player. Now these type of players, Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, you bring them in, right, to bring to be a part of the team, to be a champion, to, to be a championship level team. James Harden, James Harden now is so far from that. Still I, talked about as that. I agree. Seth. It, it, I like, just think it's. I just think it's like an ambiguous statement because, like, I think Chris Paul is a championship level player. He doesn't have a championship. If we're talking like effort levels, I think Russell Westbrook in his prime was a championship level player. If we're talking James Harden MVP in his prime, I think he was a championship level player. They didn't win it, so I get what we're saying here. But like, I think all of those guys in their prime are championship level players. Like, we could be sitting here. If something had, if Jan, if Kevin Durant's foot hadn't been over the line, uh, hadn't been over the line last yeah. year, are we all sitting here saying Giannis isn't a championship level player? Because in that case, he's never been to a conference finals. Like, what? Well, it's it's just crazy. So, like, that's my whole thing. Well, I'm that's what I'm trying to say. That I think it's. I think it works like, both I ways view, on, with James and Giannis, Russ. I view. Hold on. I view Giannis as the best player in the NBA right now, as the large majority of basketball fans do, and rightfully so, probably. If Kevin Durant's foot was over the line, 
it's possible that the dialogue along Rihanna's right now, if everything else had happened exactly the same, would be like amazing player comes up short in the postseason. You need a better guy on your team. It's like we put so much into like the tiniest change in events. And all I'm saying is like you are right. Everyone who says everything about James Harden coming up short in the playoffs, looking disinterested at times, you are right. If we want to say like that's not a championship level player because of that, that's fine. I just watched him in multiple years come like as close as you could get and fall short where it's like, oh, if one thing changes, everyone's opinion on this changes, like you just said. So it's like, that's all I'm saying. Like, I just think some context matters. I'm not saying he is a championship level player. I'm just saying in all of those guys' career, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony less so, but Carmelo Anthony for that matter, like they have these moments like Carmelo against the Lakers in 2009 in the conference finals. Like they have these moments where it's like, fuck, if that steal didn't happen, does the dialogue around this whole guy's career change because he made that finals? It's, I don't know. It's just different ways of looking at things. Like I don't, we both agree on a lot of the stuff here, just looking at it like slightly different conclusions at the end. Yeah, but what's annoying is we did not always agree on James Harden. So now we kind of slip into this, oh, we both agree, but like we didn't agree before. So that's why I always get confused of that's, what happens. That's we get new information and now so all good, of a sudden. That's why it's good to follow up on it because, like, when we're arguing about it in the moment, there's no way to know, like, this is the exact right thing because we haven't been given all the information. James Harden's career is not over, but we have most of the information, especially for his prime, clearly on, like, who he is, who he was. Now we can look at it and you can – if you want to say, like, he was a failure because he didn't make it to a finals, that's fine. I can sit here and say, like, I thought he had a decent career because of, like, some consistent postseason success. At the end of the day, I'll agree with you. Like, for what I – when I was talking about James Harden in 2018, 2019, I would hope by now in 2022 that things looked different than they yeah. turned out. I expected them to look yeah. different than they turned out. I don't think his career is a failure or unsuccessful. I think he had a much more successful career than 99% of stars do. I agree with you on that. I agree it, with you on that. It didn't go the way you wanted to. Yeah, that was a tough way to go. It's a tough way for that season and the Sixers. They're going to have a lot of interesting things happening, I think. This I don't season. even know what you do. My first move, I don't think they take it. My first move is I'm calling the all the reports are, and like they've all but been confirmed, is that they wanted Brad, Joel Embiid wanted Bradley Beal before he wanted James Harden. And Joel Embiid and the Sixers only okayed the Harden trade once Beal got hurt and shut it down for the season because they wanted to make a run this year. I don't know if you can pull it off. My first move is calling the Wizards and being like, okay, what does it take for us to do a sign and trade where we sign James Harden and get Bradley Beal? How many picks and how many cybles and pieces do we need to give you guys? I don't know if it works, but that's my first move is them. I wouldn't do it if I was the Wizards, but that's my first move if I'm them. I just want to ask you before you go because I know you got to go and it's just such a hot topic what player what player is easier to get off the team Russ or James Uh, that entirely depends I think it has to be Russ I think it has to be Russ no 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 You, you can't even answer until James Harden has a contract if James Harden opts into his one year deal he is easier to trade solely because, like, as bad as the postseason went, there will be teams that talk themselves into, like, well, if we can rehab him another year. Like, <laughs> teams, be, look, 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 I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it will be easier for them to trade. The Lake, the Lakers had a terrible season. Russ was out there. But, like, teams will be more hesitant to trade for it. If James Harden signs a three- to five-year deal this offseason – immediately james harden i don't know how the fuck you trade that it immediately or sorry immediately russell westbrook becomes easier to trade if james harden does that if both of them remain on the current teams they're still on 
who do you say who do you see performing better this upcoming season? I I mean I would say Harden for sure. Yeah. He just had, yeah, because of my problem with Russ going to the Lakers to begin with. Like the only way the Lakers are successful if LeBron James is healthy. If LeBron James is healthy, Russ has the ball in his hands left. If the Sixers run it back next year, regardless of what we all think of James Harden, they will say, "Here's the ball, James. You are our point guard." And it'll probably go okay in the regular season and collapse again in the postseason. So I'll say James Harden, but at the end of the day, we'll left being like, what the fuck, James Harden? Oh my God. This is just so crazy to me. It is so. I mean, that's that's not even a Russ knock. That's like, no, I know. No, I'm not. I'm if just Russ saying how crazy traded, it is to me. It's Russ like the same thing how I feel about CP3. It's like, how long do you keep saying, well, I'm going to come back and we'll be right back here until you're not right back here and you play another season, you don't even make the playoffs? Like, Oh, I mean, Chris Paul, as bad as that looked, has without a doubt the best chance of having a successful season of the three next year, and he's the oldest. <laughs> yeah, I maybe, maybe. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Chris Paul this year was second-team All-NBA. Russell Westbrook was, like, last-team All-NBA, and James Harden was pretty close to the bottom based by the end of the playoffs. <laughs> so Chris Paul, Chris Paul was second-team All-NBA. Like, he, he had a bad last oh five my games, God. he had an incredible year. But again, like it's the same thing with these, these mainly Harden and uh, CP3 right now. Like the playoffs will happen, and we'll be left going like, are they injured or like are they old or what the fuck just happened? Like I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, Chris Paul's I get a little bit more. Like he's legitimately old and has played incredible his whole career and plays with hearts. Hard James Harden's is like, bro, what? Can you just tell us what's going on? Like, do you hate basketball? Are you hurt? Like, what what's good? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think like James Harden has way too much accolades and is way too. He's third all time in career playoff points to have never won a championship. Three thousand four hundred fourteen, only behind un- Elgin Baylor and Carl Malone. It's like, bro, like, I don't know. I won't, I won't knock him for not having a championship, but he should at least have a finals appearance. Like, it sucks that it was during the Dynasty Warriors and the Dynasty LeBron's year. Like. No one else has championship appearances in that time because of LeBron and the Warriors. But you're right. To have a successful career, he would have had at the very least a championship appearance in his prime, which he isn't anymore, or a championship, ideally. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll talk about the bullshit back-to-back MVP next well, time we make it on the pod. Good good for us because that was our first time forever like coming to an agreement at the end of a James Harden conversation. Um agreeing that he's trash um i mean he's pretty trash right now so i'll, I'll agree with that yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to figure out what we agreed on the fact that we came to a mutual understanding of like we can both agree his career was not a success and like another win in a game seven would have made it like a small thing could have made it a much more successful yes, career yes than it wasn't. absolutely like i think i if james harden literally just made a finals i literally i feel like my tone on this man would be totally different absolutely i couldn't agree with you more i couldn't agree with you more i think now it's just so far-fetched to a point where i do think as even far-fetched as i think it is for cp3 to make another finals has he just lost one last season that it's just if in the C- conversation I, for if, Russ to make a finals, I've seen crazier shit. So, I don't know. The difference to me is if Chris Paul makes a finals, he'll be a huge part of that. If if James Harden makes a finals on the Sixers, it will be because Joel Embiid drugged them, dragged them to the finals. But, like, James Harden was there, too. So, I think James Harden, like, yeah, it'd be great to get a finals appearance or a championship. But he missed, like, 
the key spot in his career where it would have been like, yo, you did this. Like, it'll be Embiid did it if they do it now. Yeah. All right, brother. I got to head out. All right, see you, dude. Good talking. Peace. Peace. Well, my usual computer is, I'm pretty sure, gonzo. Just shit the bed. Which it's like, alright, word. Good thing I got a backup. Um, so, been trying to deal with figuring out how I'm going to make that work going forward. Um... Yeah, only four teams left in the NBA, so as typical as the NFL season kind of winds down, the NBA season kind of winds down, slightly depressing for me, for sure. Um, Definitely pumped to watch the conference finals and obviously the NBA finals. Um, I think the draft lottery is like tomorrow, like Rich is talking about, which is like, what? Going on during the playoffs? I still can't believe that they hand out the MVP award that late. Um, and I had some smoke to get into Rich with Rich about that, but we'll have to save that for next time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on right now. Typically, not only everywhere in the world and for everybody individually, but in sports and trying to keep up with not only all my teams, but all the sports and all the topics, headlines, and everything that kind of is going on right now is kind of mind-boggling to me, honestly, with how things have gotten in terms of the content and just where we're at after the last few years, really, seasons, years, whatever you want to call it. Um... Yeah, I don't know, I've just been struggling for for sure. Um, being able to even do the pod by myself. Um, finding new ways to spend my free time, which I've had more of for sure. Been playing a little more golf. Um, it's just weird how things change, trying to figure out the next moves, the next topics to discuss with 25 games that happened that day. It's a lot. Um, I can understand, like, with how much baseball I see. Like, it, it is so tough to keep up with, like, baseball, like, talking baseball with you. It's just, like, not even a thing. Like, I just... Couldn't even keep up with it. There's so many games. There's so many things happening. Stories. Injuries. Like, that's why there's people that can do it every day and talk an hour or two hours a day on it and get paid for it. Um, It's really a content-creating world. Entertainment-creating world. Like, the more content that you can create that's entertaining, the better off you're going to be if you're creating content. Um, Sports-wise, I've seen so much of it where I'm watching some of these people doing similar things to I'm doing right now and I'm like their shit is not that great or is my shit as bad as theirs or is my shit even good um a lot of these like anxiety ridden things that have been running through my head not only in my life but 
with my podcast. And that's kind of brought me down a little bit too, because I used to, I don't know how, a guy that's scared of taking a picture, a selfie, whatever you want to call it, uh, can come out here, flip a camera and record myself and get some thoughts out, get some takes out, um, sports-wise, life-wise, all these kind of things that I've kind of done here on my podcast that I've been doing for over two years now, which is also kind of crazy to me. Um, all the things that have kind of come to life or died in a very little sense for me. Um, it's just very, it's very interesting when you mesh and find somebody who thinks along the same path as you, um, in terms of how things are outside of just your town or just your state or just your country. Um, the more and more you open up that quote unquote bubble, um, there's so much life. There's so many people, so many things happening, both good, bad, ugly. Um, and it's not just in sports, obviously. And obviously I stick mainly to sports here. I mean, this has always kind of been what I've been doing here, sports podcast. Um, but I can't help with it being my podcast, talking about some of these things that I see happening. Obviously the COVID, which I've talked a bunch about. Um, now I'm seeing shootings again, racist shootings, hate driven crimes. Um, just nonstop with people getting affected, obviously by the war happening, the baby food shortage, gas, diesel, we'll be out of diesel fuel here in, in a month. Um, you know, all these things that you can read and and hear and get, get educated on um, and have then an opinion on, a perspective on, a take on. Um, it's endless, really. It's nonstop. Because even with all these pro professional major sports going on, there's golf. I could talk just golf. I could literally just do a golf podcast. I could do just an NBA podcast. Obviously, Rich and I love the NBA. I love all kinds of sports. I'm a golf professional. I love golf. I have a lot of passion for golf. Um, and sports are super important in my life. I remember watching and being a part of sports as long back as I can remember. I mean, it's incredible to me sometimes. It's almost a slap in the face how much time I spent not only in my life but currently engulfed in sports. And sometimes I think, well, am I spending too much time doing that? Am I spending too much time thinking about my pod, watching sports, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, well, not really necessarily not because if you're happy doing that and it's all these like waves and second guess and thoughts and it's real life shit. As I talked to my roommate uh, from college Last week or a couple weeks ago, he called me before the draft. Uh, but trying to link up with Raj, trying to figure out if he'd come through on the pod. 
Uh, my roommate Austin, trying to get him to come back in the mod. He's been on the pod before. Uh, I said, what you been up to, bro? He says, oh, you know, just adulting. I think that's a good way to put it at this point. Uh, just every day it goes by, just feeling like 10 years older at this point. <laughs> um, and obviously I'm excited for some things to come. Not only that I'm doing for myself kind of on the, on the low and just was a little bit more vulnerable and out there and kind of telling everybody here on my podcast what I was doing all the time and what I felt all the time and how things were going all the time. Not only the things that have happened for me, but things that people wouldn't even know anything about anyways because it's all personal stuff like that's what it is at the end of the day so i don't know i think people get in these rants sometimes and i've gotten into these rants before with people that i genuinely care about and it means a lot to me to be able to kind of dip into that deeper sense of you know this is what i'm feeling that you wouldn't necessarily understand unless I tried to explain it the best I could. And there's so many examples of that, man. You tend to think like you're the only person out there feeling that way. There's athletes all across on the platform. You can look up plenty of stories today that are going through something in their life. And still able out there to perform. People that are not on the entertainment platform, national media, whatever. The You know everybody, you know exactly who that person is, stage. I think look at all that stuff differently. I think that perspective just changes over time. And... For me, that's what I've been struggling with the most. I think, like, my perspective has changed so much. I think it's really powerful because I feel stuck a lot of the time. And if you pause and you look for some of the upside, shifting your thinking from, like, oh, I have to do this. Do I get to do this type of thing, or this is what I want to be doing, or this is what I am doing? Um, it engages not only like curiosity, but the passion and the ability to want to learn and experience chance of growth, wisdom, understanding, trying to change and move forward, I think is one of the hardest things. I really do. But anything that you're doing. I see all these things that have changed not only in the sports world. And I think about all these people that I've met in my life that I might never even see again. But these conversations that I've had with them once before about it. It's very mind-blowing to me. And at the end of the day, it's... Everyone's just trying to do what's best for themselves, their families, their loved ones. Hopefully. 
And, uh, yeah, I don't know, for me, that's just been hard because... Felt like I've lost a lot of that, even in my friendship base, podcast base, just doing a lot of things solo, striving to be great, and I don't know, for me, these certain steps that I've taken, these certain things that I do, all these people that give me advice at the end of the day, none of that's going to change any of this way that I'm feeling. And I think that's the most daunting thing for me, even to this date, not only with where I'm at with my podcast and what I look around and the perspective of not only all these things I see going on, but sports and life and friendships, relationships, people, strangers. All you can do at the end of the day is just keep trying, keep fighting. That's it. That's all you can do. I think there's plenty of people that are out there that are not dealing with any of this. So it's very easy to just keep it moving. And I admire, I genuinely admire so many people that I know that are on a platform or not that have been through similar things to me and seem like they are doing much better. And everybody wants to be put on a scale and you always want to not be the lowest, darkest points, and you want to try and get up to the, you know, it's just this constant, where am I at? And, you know, sometimes you just have to realize that, you know, you're going to be down at the bottom. There's going to be some other people down there, too. And you'll be lucky if you can ever make it back up to the top. I think that's one of the things I appreciate about sports because you're always fighting to get to the top to be the best sometimes you fall short even if you are the best sometimes you never even get a chance even if you are the best so what do you do when you get that chance and I think that's also another extremely interesting aspect of sport of life. What do you do with the chances you get? <sighs> I don't even know how to talk much more today. Sports wise. It's been tough keeping up. I just got to pretty much scratch everything and get back to normal and restart. I had a couple notes. Oh, yeah, I had the 148th Kentucky Derby, which was like the second biggest long shot to ever win. That happened this past Saturday. It's pretty sweet. Couldn't figure out a bet on it, though. Sports gambling is definitely taking over.
yeah, probably just going to get out of here for the day. Who knows when I'll be back. But, appreciate all love and support. As always, and as always, still have no shame what I had to say. Just the man with the nickname. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station.